welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Ryan Deeds, your host, and this is a podcast dedicated to trying to make insurance agencies more efficient and more effective and hopefully a happier place to work. Big props to Indio for putting this on for us, for our industry, trying to help keep insurance agencies relevant. And with the changing times, it's, it's more important than ever, I think. Today I'm by myself, and I thought that we would have a discussion about overall technology, you know, getting it in place and, and some of the things that I see consistently that hold agencies up for maximizing the value in that. You know, I, I think the first thing is technology is hard. You know, it's sold to us as an easy solution, as an easy win. The vendors are always going to put that in the the best day ever if it's fully implemented this is the value that you'll net but oftentimes what i find is we we purchase a solution we buy a solution you know we've identified a business problem it's a real pain we look at the marketplace we see who's out there we find a couple of solutions we demo them and we pick the one that we like the most and we bring it into the organization and then we expect it to just kind of work. You know, the higher up on the leadership totem pole I think you sit, the easier it seems to be to get technology in place and have it work. There's many times when I've talked to an agency principal and they've said, oh, yeah, 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 we're using the heck out of that thing. And I've talked to the ops team and the ops team's like, uh, we're like 1% implemented. We used it on two test cases. You know, we can't get the buy-in that we expected. And I think that that's a cyclical problem that all businesses have. I I think it may be more pronounced in insurance because we are are risk adverse. But that's what our job is. It's helped to educate clients on the risks that they should try to avoid. And so when we bring new software in and new solutions in that are different than what we knew, there's some reticence to, to, to embrace that. And I think all of that has to be taken into consideration as we look at a solution to bring in house. And so I, I think the first thing that as you look at a solution is you need to understand that it's going to be more challenging than you anticipate to, to make the change, to net the value. And you need to start adjusting your, your timeline expectation. Too often I see projects, solutions, items be brought in and you know they're given a three month, hey, yeah, this is gonna be fully done in three months. And I would always say that is just not the case. You know, I want to see a 12 to 18 month timeline in a lot of cases, depending on how wide reaching the solution is. When you give more time and you clear the operations team's schedule and you make sure they're not dealing with 15 different projects and you don't keep stacking them with the newest and greatest technology that they're unable to have the time to implement correctly, um, I think you'll start to see some significant differences. 
You know, it's almost like you have to slow down to speed up. I would much prefer an organization, you know, in November identify two business problems that they want to try to resolve. And then by January have selected, or maybe it's October, right? Who knows? But October, November, identify some business problems that you want to solve. You vet out some vendors. And one of the key things that I always look for in the vendors is what is the post-sale support? What's the post implement, you know, what is the implementation support look like? How long do they give you for implementation? And if you can ask those questions on the front end and make that part of your needs assessment, your, your kind of requirements, I think it's, it's a much more successful um, implementation and product. You know, you've got to ask the right questions. Again, the solution that you're often looking at that's been demoed to you is showing you in an agency that has fully adopted and everybody's bought in. And that doesn't happen very often. It, it takes a lot of time and energy and it's a top-down approach that's, that's pushing a solution that affects bottom up. And I think that's an important thing to understand. Most of the solutions you're going to bring in are going to help remove certain non-scalable tasks, certain soul-sucking tasks, things that your employees don't like to do. And for it to get fully adopted, the leadership of the organization needs to push that solution consistently down for a duration of time. And so first thing is to reset the expectation of technology. Technology is difficult. It is hard. I actually believe that underutilized software is probably the most productive killing thing that we have in organizations. You know, when you look at your, your users and your employees, and if they struggle with Excel or Word, and they spend a ton of time messing with that, that's because we're not providing the training and the support needed for that employee. Now, you're always going to have certain employees that go to Google and YouTube and all that stuff, but certain employees are not. And so that means that you have some employees that are much more efficient and effective at a tool and others that are lacking, that, that are kind of lagging behind. And I would say that 80% are lagging behind and 20% are pushing stuff forward. And the more engagement that you provide, the more engaged employees are, are going to push stuff forward. I mean, I think employee engagement is kind of the holy grail. Uh, and in getting there by leveraging technology effectively is, is an incremental win that kind of builds on itself over time. But, you know, so leaders, ops teams, employees, when somebody says, oh, yeah, we're getting new, this new software X, my question would be, well, how long do we have to, to get it implemented? You know, what's, nam what's, well, what's ramifications for noncompliance? You know, what's the pain that this thing is supposed to remove from the person who's using that technology? Or what enhancements are they getting out of it? I think the second thing is identifying some kind of metric that will move for you bringing that in. So say that you bring chisel AI in for policy checking. The end goal of that may be to take a policy checking team and reallocate that headcount to something a little higher level. Um, and if you're six months in and you haven't been able to do that effectively, 
you can now say, okay, we're six months in, we had three policy checkers, we still have three policy checkers, and we've picked up the additional cost of this tool. What happened? But typically I don't see that. I don't see a lot of planning before we, we get the solution in place, uh, before we buy the solution. We don't talk about, we talk about, yeah, we hope it solves this problem. But we don't have like a quantifiable metric that we can drive towards to determine if it was effective or not. And I think that needs to be both, you know, if the, it, six months down the road, if our policy checking team has gone from three people to one person, those other two individuals have now moved on to higher value tasks, maybe customer service stuff, the things that they like to do more. And if that hasn't happened, well, now it's time to come back and reevaluate how you implemented it, how you put it in place, not just give up on it. I, I, often I see an agency buy something in January, test it till, till March or June, and then they're in a year-long subscription, and they just kind of say, ah, at the end of the year, we're just going to get rid of it because they haven't provided the time, the expectation, what it's supposed to gain for them, and it's easier to blame the product and say, this is the product's fault. We need the right product. Um, and I think the thing that I, I, I think of the most is CRM, obviously, you know, I, I've, I've implemented and built and put in place more CRMs than I care to, to talk about. But often I will have agency principals come up to me and say, oh, Ryan, we got, we've tried five CRMs, man which one is the one that's going to work for us? And I'll just tell them yeah, none, you know, if, if you've tried five solutions that are out there, one of those worked for an organization somewhere and you probably just don't have the operational maturity to get that in place. Uh, and you know, for CRM, obviously there's some significant carrots and sticks you can use. Don't pay your producers if they don't put the crap in CRM and I guarantee you they'll put the stuff in CRM. I've seen it happen. Um, and yes, that's easier said than done. But when we look at why we can't get technology in place, it's because maybe you can't do that kind of stuff. Where large organizations, they absolutely can do that stuff. And so they get better at it. I also think you do get better at uh, ingesting and leveraging and iterating through technological solutions as you get it in place and as it nets value for you. And, and kind of gives you what you thought it would originally. So, you know, resetting the expectations for time, giving your operations team, you know, if, if I'm a technological salesperson, I want to bring a solution to the agency that's going to actually move the needle. One of the questions I'm going to ask is, what's on your operations schedule? You know, how much do you have going on? And I've never heard an ops team say, oh, nothing. We're good. We got tons of time. You know, but I want to understand, are they trying, are they in mid implementation with two other products? Are they going through a merger and acquisition? Are they acquiring an agency? You know, what's going on that may impact their ability to implement this effectively? Because ultimately, they're not going to come back and say, hey, that was our fault. <laughs> the agency's not going to be like, hey, that was our fault. You know, we just, we just sucked at putting that in place. I don't know that I've ever heard that. I've heard a multitude of other reasons, but never that. And I think just to be honest, that that's the truth in a lot of cases, you know, 
in the beginning, when you first start bringing technology in and putting it in place, you probably, the agencies probably do suck at putting it in place. You learn through the failures, but I see a lot of times that we don't learn. We just churn product. Oh, this product sucks, but that product's better and it's going to do the right thing. And then a year later, they're like, oh, that product sucks. It draws us off of looking at what we have to do operationally to get that stuff in, in. And so, you know, I think resetting the expectation technology is hard. You know, what is the timeline? How busy is the operations team? How relevant is the solution to the, to the actual problem on the desktop? A lot of times by the, by the time that, you know, Sam, the account manager who's rocking and rolling, but has a big problem that they think can be resolved by the time that gets translated, you know, three layers of management up, it's like a game of telephone and you've solved a problem that doesn't address the pain that the end user and that, and that Sam would have, which then kind of cuts away at Sam's ability to have faith in the management team and the leadership team to look out for their best interest. Um, and so, you know, the, how relevant is that solution to the actual problem is, is a big deal. And making sure that your operations team has the support that they need. Too often I've, I've seen leadership just be like, what the heck? You know, we bought this three months ago and it's not in place yet. And the ops team is just kind of beaten down. And it's like, well, actually you bought this three months ago. You dropped it on our desk. We're acquiring an agency. We're putting in a training platform. We're doing culture stuff. We've had no time to really take a hard look at how we get this implemented and how we get this utilized. Um, and then obviously that creates friction between the operations team and leadership because there is a, a disparity in, in the execution that each felt sh should have happened. You know, I've been lucky in some of the agencies that I've been in where the leadership that happened a couple times and the operations team was able to push back and say, you know, let's decide what we're going to try to tackle, what problems we're gonna to try to solve in the next year. And then anything else that you wanna bring in place, that goes on kind of the dream board for the, 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 the next year after that one. And, you know, alpha leaders and producers and people that are moving fast, they don't want to hear that, right? Somebody out there, some agency used this to close a deal and all we have to do is use the same product and the same process and we can close deals like that. And unfortunately, that's just every agency is different. Every solution fits an agency different. Every culture and uh, adoptive adoption ability is different. And so I really think it's, it's, it's much more effective for the operations team to make the call to the other operations team and say, hey, give me the lowdown on this. How did you get it in place? You know, are you guys really using it to the extent that, that it's been conveyed to us? And probably 80%, eight, eight out of 10 calls that I've made like that were C-level uh, uh, has said, we are really kicking ass with this product. When you call the operations team, the operation team tells you a little a different story. You know, yes, we have it in place. Yes, one department likes it. No, the kinks aren't worked out of it. Um, you know, we're using it partially. We've got three clients on it. You know, stuff like that. <clears throat> 
And so I, I think that we just have to have an understanding and patience with this stuff. We need to make sure that we have room to be able to give the agency and organization time to adopt it. And truthfully, if it's of any size and workflow change, I would say it's an 18 month iterative process where, you know, okay, we're going to clear the docket. We're, we're not going to have any other major stuff. We're going to, leadership is going to talk up the solution. We're going to, you know, really focus on who's using it, how they're using it, how they're not using it. Is it actually having the impact, you know, if it's fully utilized that we thought it would and what holds us back from that adoption? you know and then what are the unforeseen consequences of that solution you know does it provide either bonuses or negatives that we didn't see before we went out and got it and those are those discussions will save so much time and frustration for an operations team that's trying to enact the vision of a leader of the leadership team it's there's nothing worse than, than having something put on your desk that you just know fundamentally that you cannot, you as the operations team cannot get it to work like the leaders have seen it work in other organizations because maybe the other organizations are staffed differently. Maybe they're uh, departmentalized differently. Maybe there's a million different variables in there. But, you know, at drinks, when Bob the CEO is talking to Mark the CEO, and Bob says, hey, we bought product X and it did awesome. Well, now, you know, Mark goes back to his team. He's made the call to the sales guy. He said, hey, Bob told me your stuff was awesome. Let's get in on this. And he comes back and says, hey, you know, sign this contract. We're going to go 12 months with it. Let's get it put in place. But they forgot all the other stuff that the ops team has to do. And then at the end of the year, the CEO sometimes is assumed. Now I bought it. I told the ops team to put it in place. Now it's just going to work. And if it doesn't, somebody will let me know. And that's just not the way that that works typically. You know, an operations team's dream is to execute the leader's visions as effectively and as efficiently as possible. But leadership has to provide the team um, time and uh, cheerleading and failure, the ability to fail, you know, multiple times before, before it wins out, you know, and every solution that I've probably implemented, I failed like three or four times before we actually got it to work. But I had a leadership team that was comfortable with that. They knew that we would learn from our mistakes, learn from our failures, and then we would iterate through that. It wasn't a, hey, we're going to pull the plug on that because it didn't work and we're going to go get something else. I mean, we, the ops team would fight against that. But those are the biggest hangups that I see as we look at, you know, bringing general technology into organizations and agencies. I think as you look around at the technology that you already have in place, there's probably a ton of underutilized technology that's not whiz-bangy or high-tech, you know. I see staff struggle with PDF writers all the time, you know, and how do you turn a, a, a form into a digital form in agencies that prioritize training for their employees to, in some mechanism 
will, will benefit exponentially from that, not only from a technological efficiency gain, but also from an employee engagement gain. Once those employees understand that you're backing them and you're providing them with uh, tools and training them on tools, you know, you will drive engagement through that. And when the dang on solution starts to solve their problems more effectively and they can be re some of their time can be reallocated to things that they like to do. I mean, that that's where you're winning. And so I really challenge you as agents, as owners, as operations team to be candid. You know, if the CEO comes in and drops off something on your desk and says, Hey, I just bought this and you know, and now I, I I expect it to be implemented in a month. You know, that, that's fighting words in a lot of cases. Depends on how much trust there is in the operations team between the leader and the operations team. But, you know, that's kind of the stuff that you're like, it cannot be done. And it, ca it can't be done well. <laughs> sure, we can put it in place and we can, we can have a small proof of concept. But you need focus, determination, time, ability to fail understanding what metrics are going to move and you need cheerleading. You know, there needs to be, Hey, we got this technology. This is what we hope to gain out of it. You know, pushed from the top down and yeah, it's a little tactical, but technology is tactical. It's a strategic, it's a strategic advantage, but only if you can net the value out of it. I'll take an agency that trains on Excel trains on word trains on their agency management system has good understanding of their current technological stack what's in place today if they train on them more than an agency that's out there buying the latest and greatest thing every four to six months because that agency unless they're super special is not is is getting fractional value out of their investment dollars. And so, you know, I see a lot of frustration with technology. I think that vendors oversell the simplicity and that's kind of their job. I mean, they're, they're selling a solution, but it's our responsibility to push back, understand how much help they're gonna be with the implementation. What's the support look like? Who, what are other agencies that are like us? What, are, what is the reality of their situation with this product? Before we ever purchase anything, you know, what do we hope to gain out of it? What are the roadblocks that we see that may hold us up? I mean, that's the kind of conversation that I want my CEOs to have and my listeners to have with their leadership teams and their operations teams, because that will show that they went through a process and they didn't just get hung up by the glitz and the promise of a solution. So... That's what I have to say today about technology. I hope it's a good day for you. Uh, thank you for listening. Big ups to Indio, www.useindio.com. They're awesome. They help take form data, all kinds of data from your clients and bring it over to one place. If you don't know who they are, you should definitely check them out. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously. And uh, if you check out our our group on LinkedIn. It's a digital broker podcast group. So it was interesting today, uh, Tori, my, my seven-year-old, almost seven, turned seven in a couple of days. She asked me what I did. 
what do I do on a podcast? She was very curious because she's big into streaming. And I had a hard time kind of articulating it. I was, because she didn't know what insurance was. And so I, but ultimately we came to a place where she's like, oh, so you try to give insurance agents ideas on how to get better. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. I don't think she has any idea what an insurance agency is. She knows if our house burns down that we get money. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You know, I think she was looking at some matches like, hey, but I hope it's a good day for you. Thank you for joining me on the Digital Broker today and uh, talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and ENO free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.